Basically. What's up, witches? I'm Rachel LaForest. And I'm Leah Knauer. And today in the studio, we had Angela Gallo, aka Angel Phoenix. She is a pussy flavored philosopher, a visionary, a wordsmith, and a brand ambassador to other worlds, which you will experience all the glory of in this in-depth and very inspiring episode and our longest ever and it felt like it was five minutes like there was still so much to talk about so we're for sure gonna have her back do not worry <laughs> oh my gosh it's so good um i still have chills but go to our instagram at basic witches where if you want to connect with us and have card readings and all that kind of good stuff we have some fun merch there's intention candles and shirts and all kinds of stuff so connect with us on instagram and join our Patreon. And beyond that, just go beyond with us and enjoy this episode with Angel Phoenix. Mm. Wait, you what just, did you just say? <laughs> oh, you heard me correctly. <laughs> you just got out of a four-hour session with a woman who you were extracting things from her? Yeah. So like spiritually? If, yeah, yeah. Uh, so To the point where she bled. Yeah, so this thing happens a la, a la womb styles okay and essentially when you are in circle and the roots are fucking oh yeah yeah you're okay good. Cool. Oh, <laughs> you're good. should have probably asked that um laid out onto the floor and everyone's connecting and vibing this thing happens where the womb responds uh, like every single time people start to bleed and so uh she came in and she got fought very quickly and i did a reading the reading was insane and then i was getting downloads and then i picked up this hundred year old book and the hundred year old book literally had this message that spoke directly mm. to what was about to happen next this book only came into my possession three days ago <gasps> at my event oh, the okay. cards i used came into possession yesterday oh came into my, my position yeah. so the whole thing was completely even the crystals mm. i brought i did not bring with oh. me here um and there everything's here and i was like what the f is happening <laughs> yo this new moon in pisces yes is like hello other world i come from your place with messages to the mortals <laughs> and then <laughs> you like we're living in nightmare before christmas i, 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 I was i just wanted i was like is this a musical is it a nightmare yeah. is it somewhere <laughs> in between and then here essentially comes the pumpkin <laughs> man pisces new moon Pisces <laughs> new moon <laughs> I actually do she was actually her parents were hyper religious and she couldn't even watch the movie oh, oh and she oh. brought up that exact movie oh. she's like I couldn't watch it so it's weird anyways Pisces new moon that's wow. what that's what's happening so then afterwards I laid her on this bed it was pink. It was a clam. I mean, the whole thing was just absurd. The room was neon lights. Oh. And I started channeling, did the thing, did the thing, which led to another thing. And next minute, she has crystals laid all over her. And I'm saying stuff. And she, yeah, she basically started to bleed. So she had to go to the bathroom. Whoa. Her bleed came early. And it's always on time. And it came early. And this always happens. Mm -hmm. So then we were like, all right. I sent her home. I asked her to do a incredible, she's Aries, mm -hmm. Capricorn Rising. Sagittarian moon and she's got all the stuff happening in terms of Virgo embodiment and all of her transformation coming from sexuality, repressed mm. sexuality, all this kind of stuff. So I sent her home with a invocation on remembering that the rose is 
relentlessly beautiful and irregardless of how many times we pick it and we prune it and we rip off those thorns the rose remembers to grow with thorns and it's really imperative that in a culture of women who are hyper focused on you know being plucked until there's nothing left that we are born and bred with our own thorns and it's imperative we bring those back to life every single time and so it's a real invitation to bleed on the new moon leaning into that super spiritual mystical occult underbelly of her existence that she's been repressing a really long time Mm -hmm. and all this conversation about the thorn and the drying of the blood which you know major fairy tales Mm -hmm. mythological stuff is all based on that altar and that rite of passage and the bitch starts bleeding in the toilet so sent her home with a kind of thing to just get a rose drag it along her body pull Mm -hmm. the blood out because she's Aries I was like get down with your bad self Mm -hmm. like the god of war Athena I want you to bloodbath yourself and call in embodiment from your belly instead of hoping that the outside is Mm going to give you the guts and glory you need Mm -hmm. it was really powerful it's really sick that's mm. why I'm late and I'm okay. here. That's so it was womb excuse. work that you were doing. <laughs> 100%. It was focused womb warrior stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Which Did you know that's like my nickname? Every- yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, mm, that's a bit too weird for me. <laughs> uh, excuse me. It's called, yeah, I, call, I do this thing called womb quake. Mm. And essentially I have, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it's called womb quake. And I've mm. taken womb warrior, which was kind of that activism advocacy underbelly. And I've supercharged it with breath and bleed. Mm. And so what happens is it's a lot of intense use of, you know, energy and words and suggestions and prompts and a lot of touching, a lot of intuitive body work. Cool. A lot of kind of high erotic, high exoteric energy. Well, and what's that word? Exoteric or yeah. erotic? Exoteric. Okay. <laughs> I know erotic. I'm a Scorpio. So, yeah. yeah. Double Scorpio. Yeah, she knows I'm it. always wet, ready to bite. <laughs> I, okay, so exoteric is kind of a way that you would describe mysticism if we were referring to it in terms of la vecchia religione so the old religion Mm. like the og religion og magic so if you were to look at astrology and the super cliche like compatibility not the beautiful one that for example colin from queer cosmos does i'm talking about like bullshit Mm. compatibility astrology that is often so deduced to nonsense people have lost sight of what it is which is you know the og like everybody studied astrology the skies the stars every culture before we could even communicate with each other totally and that has been lost in the fact that we've turned it into this you and um Mm. scorpio would just like make really cute babies and exoteric just like cosmo girl not actually about the soul Mm. this stuff that i would have been reading in like cosmo magazine which now that colin's doing cosmopolitan i'm like he does them for cosmopolitan um and so exoteric astrology really comes in from the angle that is science and philosophy and phenomenology and western and 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 traditional chinese stuff and ayurvedic stuff and everything comes in in a way where it is so laced with a a lyricism and a poignancy and a real deep understanding of it coming from a place of why do you feel this way because you're it's there and the stars are here and the house is there and the planet is there and it's Mm. this day and it's so robust in its explanation and really really beautifully dark and light 
Mm. What, so, yeah. What would I you say that. causes the bleed? Is it all the breathing? Is it the release of mm. stress? Is mm. it just like everything? Mm. So I went on this wild shamanic journey once. So fun fact, I was actually going to be sterilized like a year ago. So I booked Whoa. in to get sterilized because I don't want to take birth control. And that's a whole other conversation. And so I was you like, were going to do tubal ligation? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Getting exactly. your tubes tied. Exactly. And um, I had this whole thing planned and I was like, I don't know, something is not right. Like I should not be doing this and mm-hmm. I couldn't quite figure out why because it was kind of the prelude to, to this instinct and intuition. And mm-hmm. um, well, I called to cancel and I didn't know why and I made another appointment and then I had another excuse. And every time this happened, my bleed was calling me to just pay attention. And one day I had a group of students in Melbourne and I'd invited someone to come in to uh, create a sort of shamanic drumming journey. She's an indigenous health educator and I decided I was going to lay down for a nap. I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to lay down for a nap and everything's going to be fine. I honestly, truly on the lives of my children did not expect what happened next. And that was that all of a sudden my skin was with every beat of the drum, my skin was peeling off my body. A snake started writhing up. This is sober and at lunchtime. Okay. (gasps) So, and this is when I was kind of reintegrating into my magic because Mm. I'm sure we'll talk about it, but I I killed off that part of me at 16 (laughs) because I was so terrified of what I could do and see Mm. and so the snake was coming up but it was sexy like I was turned Mm. on and it was rolling around my leg and I and I kept trying to hyper intellectualize it rationalize it you mean an actual snake or a metaphorical Metaphorical snake (laughs) yeah yeah but feeling of a snake but remind me to tell you about the real snake that rocked up so yeah like craft Manon styles like on the beach and invoking and the snake literally came out of the water and started circling our legs which was like two weeks ago so um yeah so all this shit was happening and the snake was coming up my leg and at this point again I'm trying to be so clever I'm like that's the wind that's this and it gets to a point I don't know if you've ever meditated journeyed you know uh, I don't know astral plane whatever it is you do there's something that happens when you go to that place and you cannot deny that what you're seeing is real it's a feeling if you're psychic you're clairsentient you're clairvoyant you know what I mean and this snake started coming up and turning on my womb and at the exact moment that it hits my womb space almost as if it's literally penetrating me it says this voice drops down into my head and says you are going to birth women and Mm. two weeks before I bleed I start bleeding Mm. I literally start bleeding and I, at this point I actually become frightened and so I run to the back of the room because I'm facilitating this and I have mm. to hold my shit together mm. so I run to the back of the room and I was like okay what the actual fuck is happening right now mm. I had a, a like a giant whiteboard and I wrote for 25 minutes straight like what I saw what I was told all this wild wild ass stuff we go back into another meditation everyone's bodies turn into trees I go into everyone's bodies pull out their trauma pull out their grief and I'm having a glad old time doing this I wasn't scared oh, and my mm. hands are moving and all this wild stuff is happening and um, I became Jennifer Lawrence in X-Men actually in this, in this episode <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, in this episode of my life and then I was taking the the things from all of their bodies and uh, it was a giant ball and then eventually I turned it into this tiny ass little ball which became a seed and that's what I literally put inside of me all involuntarily like involuntary movement Mm. and this is a story it happened last March 
exactly one year ago as we move into Pisces season. And to answer your question about the bleed Mm -hmm. is I realized that day that something happens when you are releasing and it's not just on your cycle. I believe that our bodies are so exquisitely designed to serve us as we dance the blade between life and death. And that's why we are feared. And this is my attempt at making sure that we're now revered because Mm -hmm. there is so much magic and macabre within us that, I mean, again, like the rose and the thorn is that it doesn't matter how many times we're raped, we're killed, we're stoned, we're burned, our bodies remember. And it, we are born every single time with the ability to do the things we do. And we suppress them because we think it's an act of feminism. And we suppress it because we want to be loved, we want to survive, we want to get the job. And our bodies, patient as fuck, just, just are like, you know what, that bitch is going to remember. Eventually she's going to remember, she's going to remember, and that blood is what we remember. So in a world that is forgotten, that it is a tree, that it is just divinely designed in a world that has forgotten how to lay down its roots and as the trees do right they protect each other when one tree is sick mm-hmm. they, they all medicine mad- exactly mm-hmm. and because we've forgotten how to do that we've ripped women apart in community and whether mm-hmm. that is queer or cis women or or, or women or femme it doesn't matter we've ripped that feminine energy from the bodies of men we've ripped the feminine energy away in community and circle but the blood is what helps us remember even when we've been severed at the head. I need to touch you right now just to mm. prove to myself that you're real. <laughs> because you just said everything. So I'm like, I have chills. Good. I'm glad. Yes. I, I do like to re- remind my boyfriend when I'm on my period that um, I'm bleeding and I'm doing everything you're doing. Like, I... Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, oh and and yes. when, when he's like, I don't know, giving me shit for being emotional or something, it's just like... I'm fucking bleeding and I'm not dead. Leave me alone. It's like, <laughs> hello, get down on your knees and, and weep. Me. Because yes. when you get the man flu, the world stops. Right. And when I bleed, I still do this and I do that and I do that and I do that. And we are so powerful. And because mm-hmm. the culture is so afraid of that power, mm-hmm. the only reaction that they can have, right? What do, what do, this is just the culture Push of, of non gendered masculine shit. It's mm-hmm. we fucking pillage, we conquer, and we stomp and we squash. And that energy requires an insecurity, a foundational insecurity, and a foundational fear in order for it to continue being alpha. Which mm-hmm. is why we need women in office and women in leadership Hell. and just women yeah. speaking up and having their voice. We'll all rise up bleeding together. bleeding people who are tapped into source oh yeah who are not you know <clears throat> coked up on hor- hormones and all this bullshit mm. so that they can be feeling from that place of deep instinct <sighs> deep intuition deep feeling because yes. listen let me tell y'all do you know what's sexy sexy is living in your body mm. sexy is literally living at the at the helm of your sensory faculty and your sight and sound and smell and and touch and your sixth sense and everything that is in your mouth that allows you to be alive every moment of every day because your body's responding and conspiring and taking care of you but instead we're obsessed with being clever so we live in the prison of our mind Mm -hmm. and in the prison of our mind we hold the power and potential of our bodies hostage from Mm -hmm. ourselves Mm -hmm. and if we extricate our bleed which we so many of us had and then Mm -hmm. we extricate our breath which is why i'm super passionate about people breathing we're literally little drones and robots who are fucking depressed and defeated and lacking a desire to be alive because the very thing that runs through our body, yeah. blood, 
we have taken away. Duh, you feel like death. Mm. Duh, you feel defeated. Mm -hmm. Duh, you feel like shit because mm -hmm. you're removing yourself from your life source. And we've been told to get smaller and smaller. Literally, we're told to like wear a small, like a zero, a size two. They literally mm. want us to be as small as possible. Mm, don't even get me started. Oh. It's like this. Why don't you guys just exist and serve us and disappear in the process? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I, this is so, of course, divine that we're talking about this because I've had an IUD for a few years now, a couple years. And I love, yeah, I love that I know I won't get pregnant because I'll, I'll say it right here. I do love sex and mm -hmm. I love that I have a, a safe partner. Mm -hmm. We're both tested and I can have mm -hmm. otherwise unprotected sex safely. Mm -hmm. And I love the feeling of that connection. I'm a woman who I really do mm -hmm. feel the difference between a condom and not. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Okay. So this is why the IUD came about. But I, and I have been able to bleed a little on it, but there's a lot of cycles without the bleed. And I feel, mm -hmm. I intuitively feel like there's not a huge problem, but I'm missing you out know. on superpowers. You know, you know. Yeah, I'm missing out on superpowers that I have felt when I didn't have an IUD. Mm -hmm. Like the intuition mm -hmm. being even <laughs> fucking stronger, which is insane because mine's already on mm -hmm. fire, but it could be even stronger. Mm -hmm. So I really want to get it out. <laughs> I want to lick the mic. Like I, I don't. There's so many dirty comedians <laughs> yeah, in the comedy yeah, store. <laughs> okay, I'll just get really close. Yeah. Okay. Right, dude. Okay, so. A to the man and I started yeah. taking birth control when I was nine years old. So I started oh. bleeding. So maybe at ten. I started bleeding yeah. at nine. Yeah. And then I was like honey you're hemorrhaging but actually what that meant was we don't know how to have these conversations uh, with you or teach you about your body yeah. or 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 so we're gonna put you on hormonal birth control so my mother who of course had all these sisters who didn't talk to her about shit oh. she's in this scenario and she's like i got my own shit to worry about i'm gonna trust what the doctor says right <laughs> this is the story about this is the whole story it starts when somebody starts making decisions about your body uh -huh. starts having yes. a narrative about your body outside of your body and starts Without actual personal experience with one it's just absurd mm. and then you start to think like the w most mortifying moments of my life were when i bled through my pants uh, how yeah. is that even mortifying and why was i hiding tampons in my books as if i was smuggling oh, drugs my God. into a oh, we prison? had code words oh mm -hmm. pencil man i need a tampon do you have a pencil and uh eraser meant pad uh, do you have an eraser it's, it's like, wow. like okay. why can't i say that i have and heard when so girls sorry. would walk around middle school with a sweatshirt tied yes. around there you yes. knew that it was because oh, they got their period and I was picturing a girl like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was that girl so many times. I, I make it known now. I started doing this like four years ago. I make it known that yeah. I have a fucking tampon in my hand. I'm not ashamed yeah. of it. I will ask people straight up and loud in a room of like men and women. I'll be like, do you have a tampon I yeah. can use? And I don't act afraid of it. And it's so empowering. <laughs> I, I, hope I, I hope everyone does that. Yes. It's like a rebellion and a revolution in one simple act. But also yeah. it's just, it's the, our bodies. Mm. It is what our bodies are made to do. Why are we hiding that? Because it is the most magical part of us. <gasps> mm -hmm. And all they need to do is make us afraid and disgusted of ourselves. And then they don't even need to do anything else. We do all the work mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. I've seen women use more code words for pads, tampons, and blood than I've seen drug dealers use for drugs. <gasps> and that's a huge fucking perspective. Wow. Like, Fuck. Right? Because that's yeah. how disgusted we are. And we live our whole lives. This is what we do. Madonna mm -hmm. whore complex. Mm -hmm. yep. We spend our 
whole lives chasing immortality and the immaculate conception, which literally is never going to happen. So you're chasing a false reality, a false expectation. And the only reason that it's an immaculate conception is because it's how we made raping Mother Mary socially acceptable. And then on the other end, we have Mary Magdalene and she's the whore. So we all spend our lives being like, oh, no, no, we don't want to be. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, we don't want to be Mary Magdalene. So we're stuck in the purgatory and of why do between. They the same name. It's literally like good Janet, bad Janet. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I just binged The Good Place. I love that show. I was shocked how good it is. Uh-oh. We lost Angel. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know we're allowed too loud in the mic. Yes. <laughs> it's like you're. And so you're living in this dichotomy at all. Damned points. if you do. Damned if you don't. Yep. Literally. Uh, uh, and so, but you're bleeding from both those places. Mm-hmm. And let's t- go back to talking about how you referenced the the bleed and our ability. Thank you, being the most magical part of us, mm. because the veil is the thinnest when we're on our bleed. Mm. When we're so for people who haven't heard that language before, I'm talking about the seasons of your cycle. Mm-hmm. So if if we want to call um, your bleed winter, then you move into spring mm-hmm. when you're pre-ovulating mm-hmm. summer when when you're ovulating fall, when you're like PMS mm-hmm. slowing back down. Okay. We have lost the honoring of those cycles the same way that we've lost the honoring of the cycles of nature. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And there is where the solution for the climate crisis really comes because until we care about our own bodies, mm-hmm. we ain't going to care about the earth. And until we care about our mothers, we ain't going to care about mother nature. And until we actually respect that we are these phenomenal forces of nature that even though we try, never forget to move with the moon Mm -hmm. until we actually bring it back to that. Nothing will change. The inner climate changes first. The outer climate follows. Like um, Eisenstein, who I'm just like obsessed with. But about the IUD really quickly, I forgot to say this. I had it as well. Okay. It migrated twice. Um, it literally I had to so remove it, it in surgery. Yeah. Oh. And I remember them saying that whole time being like, oh, it's copper. It's not, it doesn't affect you. It's like putting something in your brain mm-hmm. in a place that there's no effects and thinking that that thing in your body will not have a direct impact. And so my whole thing is after years and, and then finally getting pregnant for, with my daughter on birth control, surprise, surprise, mm-hmm. is realizing like, you know what? <sighs> There is something to be said about our inability to take drastic, brute responsibility for how we use our bodies. I love sex and I need to love bleeding just as much. And I need to love the discipline of not falling pregnant. I don't mm-hmm. like using that word, but not, you know, not being pregnant. I want to take fertility back into my hands. So I know that I'm lazy. I know that I'm going to miss it. I know that I'm going to forget it. I know I have a million things in my head. So then it was like, okay, Ange, how are you going to do this without relying on an app? So then I started mm-hmm. to smell myself, touch myself, look at myself. What's changing? Where's my cervix? Um, what's the discharge looking like? Mm-hmm. And I know now when is the good time? When when is not the right time, when is the very right time to get pregnant mm-hmm. and just consciously participating in it because you need to understand that the church and every other system, the first reason we were evil and witches mm. was because we had power over fertility and infertility mm-hmm. and midwives were the original witch. Midwives were the like OG woman who came in and was like, you don't want to get pregnant? No worries. Take this. Mm-hmm. Put this inside mm-hmm. of you. Herbs and, mm-hmm. and then because women's body became property of 
the church, we're still having this conversation in 2020. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, yeah, the kind of back end to that. Yeah. It's and your most powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Mm. You're psychic. The descent goes in. You are seeing things. You're hearing things. The three days before your bleed and the three days after your bleed, more importantly, the third day of your bleed, you become a literal channel between the cosmos and the, the depths mm-hmm. of the ocean oh, floor. Oh, yeah. And when I, when I do get a bleed, it's like such a relief. And then it's like a... It's like a settling in like, ah, it's finally here. And then I do 100% feel that intuition increase and that like connection increase. And I can also feel, and this is with an IUD still. So Mm -hmm. this is why I'm like, I know there's so much more. (laughs) A bloody place for you and me (laughs) now that it's Chris, not really crystal clear, crystal but yeah, clear. clear. The IUD is not here. <laughs> oh, I'm in a whole new world with me. <laughs> yes. Coming soon. No, seriously, you, though. You. Seriously. <sighs> I got to get it out. I have to. I have to. I'm saying it here for accountability. I mean, I've mm. already been saying it for like months. I do you have, do you guys have sex when you're bleeding? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh god, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. What what's good oh, about it? The ceremony of it. Oh, I oh I love so making horny. it a ceremony. Oh my god, I make it a ceremony now because for the practical reasons of having like a towel down or whatever. I like to lean into that. So I'll like have us surround me with pillows. We both my partner and I have a ton of pillows on our bed. So we, we can each do this at either place. Um, but I'll lean in because I Scorpio. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm like, what I have to do with, with like sex and engagement is, is use whatever's really going on wherever I'm present right now. So I can't be like, Oh, I'm just really wet. It's like, no, I'm bleeding. I'm not going to deny that we're going to work that in. And this is something I've grown into as I own my sexuality. And so it becomes hot that it's a ceremony and that it's like, mm. I'm bleeding and I need you to fuck me now. Yes. And it's like, I'm, I'm comfortable with the pillows. I might even have a heating pad under me. I have a towel, like, but <laughs> it can all be hot. <laughs> this is the best podcast I've ever done. <laughs> Thank you. I cannot Isn't believe it nice this... to be able to talk about what we actually wow. want to talk about. Right. Yeah. I'm like, what? We can say this. This is amazing. Okay. Well, I love how you talk to your kids. What were you gonna say? Yeah, there's so much to unpack. I'm like so excited you're here. But I want to point out to Rachel. <laughs> yeah. So remember, no, this is good. So before we went to the Vortex event, I I predicted the hat. that Gala yes. was gonna wear a hat that looked like an like a old police cap, army type. like commander, and she was not wearing one. But look what's on your head. And you were wearing this hat. Yeah. You're oh, I, literally wearing, and you wore it on stage. I noticed then. Mm-hmm. And the fact that now mm-hmm. you're sitting in front of me is like, oh shit. I was picking up on the image of Angel. You. Yeah. I live for this shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Too. Yes. I also so, love how like when it, when it clicks, mm. it clicks. I love that feeling. Mm-hmm. We're like, mm. oh my God, that's the thing I, I saw. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Or you dreamt or whatever it is. Yes. Mm. Like, I've been waiting for this moment since I'm 13 years old. <laughs> I now have confirmation. Yeah. Tell me, all. what did you want to unpack? Tell me. Oh, okay. Well, for, there's just so much to talk to you about. So you said that you're on stage at the Vortex. You said that you don't even know how to like like how you call yourself to people. So I guess for listeners, like what do you do? Mm. I know you're a doula. No, 
No. I mean, I'm I'm going to be a doula till I die, but <laughs> I hate the word doula. Oh, okay. Why? Yeah. So I really believe that the hierarchy of the medical system and the titles are a huge foundational problem as to the disparities, right? So we believe that we're still holding on to this, like, the doctor is God, the lawyer is God culture, police officers, priests are God culture. And it's really dangerous because the precedent they said then creates a norm for everyone else to follow and they have to or else they lose their jobs hello opioid epidemic i mean it's like treating a prescription as oh this means everything that this says is okay because it's it's legit literally you nailed it the second it's been validated or legitimized by said pedestal Mm -hmm. it becomes a problem now i worked in birth for a long time And I saw over and over again, it doesn't matter where I was in the world, that doctors were doctor, obstetrics, gynecology, and minions were the midwives. And midwives were the minions. And that's what I call medwives. So to Mm. be a midwife is, you know, again, to be with women, it wasn't even a word. So my grandmother's village or anywhere else, it was like, Literally, we just all bled together and birthed our babies together. And the wisdom and the knowledge was passed down. That was passed down. That was passed down. In hospitals, um, and doesn't matter if you're home birthing, right? This is still something that's 99% of the time dictated by an umbrella in a hospital. You all, It doesn't matter what kind of midwife where you, you need a sign-off from the obstetrician, no matter mm. what. Even independent practicing midwives. And I kept seeing this strange hierarchy take place and the conversations that I would continuously have to have with duels. I've trained hundreds of duels from around the world. It's always the same thing, this insecurity about, oh, I don't have this or I don't have this certificate, this degree, this paper. I'm not a midwife. I'm not a doctor. I'm inherently less than. And having to call people out on, but why do you think that and why do you feel that? And along with the, you know, witch trials and everything else is that if you were a woman who knew too much Mm. without a piece of paper that was validated or legitimized by a male run college, they just said, you're evil. You have a pact with the devil. You know too much. Mm -hmm. And this was a huge smear campaign to to, to remove the knowledge and replace the knowledge. Oh yeah. And to take away their independence. When was this? This, oh gosh, this would have been happening all throughout. So 350 years and another fun fact for you by the, at the same time as the trials another fun fact for you is that the large majority of accusations uh, uh, for witches were females mm, yeah so yeah. it's like when you start to actually dig deep into everything i want to say basically witch trial time but like probably 400 years as in, okay. as in females accusing other females is yeah. what you mean females doing the accusing exactly mm-hmm. and then the primary primarily being the midwives and so during this damned was- if you do la damned if you don't yeah and then I started being like, wait a second. I started like competition and cattiness and weirdness and people trying to pull each other down and everyone losing the point or missing the point. And that kind of led on to Dynamo Dula, which was about being like I'm a manifesting generator and it was about being a generator for the change. And that is showing up consistently, enthusiastically, irregardless of what level of catalyst or I call them milestone or mountain moments that these people are living. It's showing up consistently as a good human. Fuck the title, fuck anything else, because I believe that this is about bringing back humanity to the human experience and sultrifying everything we've sterilized. So we fucking just have thrown the hand sanitizer on 
on everything. And we have believed that in the process, we've made things safer and we haven't. And we could tell us by, by, you know, women of color, marginalized communities, disenfranchised communities who are dying at rates that are literally higher than the sub-Saharan fucking desert. And it's, we know now that the problem is the medical narcissism at the root of it, because this person's looking for a miracle and that person wants to be the miracle giver. So this person's looking for an omnipotent force to change their lives. This person wants to be the omnipotent force. It's a recipe Mm. for disaster. Mm. And over time, I decided that I am a typical Aquarian. I am not somebody who gives a shit about titles. Mm. I care about your integrity, your conviction, your courage, your investment in the conscious collective and your investment in community. And I want to be around people who are at the pioneer for change. Who are sorry at the headlines or the pioneer for change, and um, I'm someone who's living in the future. Like I, I really don't believe that 80% of doulas, and I'm gonna get in shit for this, are in the right headspace. It's something I've been struggling with for a long time, and now what I've done is I've moved into a, a realm of work that is the snake fucking snake charming version of me, mm. which is. Everything ceremonial, ritual, I'm moving into this Virgo rising aspect of me that I've denied a long time into Mm. my embodiment, into eroticism, into healing, energy, light work, a fuck ton of laughing. And my desire is literally just to continue facilitating, you know, pussy flavored personal development parties where the only thing I need to do is rock up and, and show up and have big discussions in a way that I uniquely can and invite people into their evolutionary invitation invite them to raise their vibration on my level i could talk about shower curtains and i will change someone's life because (laughs) i will talk about it in a way that's like hey let's just have fun and i really really believe that that's the case and i think that birth death and sex are the three catalyst moments that a woman specifically has an opportunity to transcend and harness a power and a confidence that is not available any other time and because we've bludgeoned birth and because we've bludgeoned death and we've turned them into junk, you know, junk food drive through experiences and because we've made sex disgusting and we've re- we've removed the sacredness from it. We're all running about like a bunch of headless chickens who hate ourselves mm-hmm. and this epidemic of disassociation, disconnection, dislike of ourselves, disdain of ourselves, self-deprecation that is annihilating us mm-hmm. at the very core. My work right now is about bringing back um, all parts to self s being being seen e being being expressed l being being liberated in your living and f being free from your fears by giving free reign to your fears and i'm on mm. this cr- fucking crusade to bring like true self-love self-ownership and self-actualization back to the bellies of women to make the shit possible for them mm. so that they can incorporate every sense in the sensory faculty so they can wake up every day knowing that they want to be alive knowing that they're excited that they are powerful and um it's kind of my my dedication at the moment and then i teach magic and i do all kinds of other things but that's the core of it i just Mm. i fall in love with people i'm the cheerleader of the zodiac Mm. and i love people hard until they're brave enough to love themselves Mm, that's so beautiful and i totally felt that with you on stage and what you were saying there too which we saw angel at the vortex thank you yeah I, i have a lot of mental illness in my family on my mom's side in the maternal line and it's not a shock to me because it's like that's the most religious side of my parents and it's like yeah because those women were suppressed and silenced and they probably hated themselves and like they were literally killing themselves from the inside out because 
they were in a society that didn't support them. Mm-hmm. So it's like I now I was as I'm getting older and it's a cycle and too. getting more into yeah. this work. Like I have compassion and empathy for my mom mm-hmm. and my mom's mom and my mom's mm-hmm. mom's mom. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's crazy it's hearing you say all that. Really, like brought up those feelings again. It's it's so scary, but it's also so like the the potential and the possibility and that excites me because you're like oh my god it's not my shit this is my mom and my grandmother and my great 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 grandmother's shit that's coming through and you start to and it's so fascinating and I'm grateful to live now at the best time for Mm -hmm. women and listen how lucky are we Mm -hmm. that we can sit here Mm -hmm. in front of a mic and use our voices Mm -hmm. and talk about sex and blood and rock and roll and be funny and mean it Mm -hmm. and take up space like we Mm -hmm. mean it and wear what we want to wear and Look how we want to look. And it's like what? How? Uh, this is uh, the responsibility that comes with ability, and that is yeah. hell's no. Am I gonna do anything that's gonna keep this bullshit going yeah. to my kids? It's like that. This is our bodies are so smart that they give us a paper and they give us pen and and you know you look at a tree. We are trees. You look at the way the the bark is pummeled and pulped in order for us to make paper. Your womb literally has red parchment available to you, and it's shedding and it's creating new pages every single Mm. month for you to rewrite the story it's never too late it's never too late to quit drugs it's never too late to stop drinking it's never too late to change your life and your womb gives you an opportunity every month to make that happen and i believe in in parallel dimensions i believe in parallel timelines i believe that the way we heal ourselves heals people heals us in another dimension and i I, just like you it's like the compassion wasn't there for so long because i was like how could you do that to me Mm -hmm. why did you do that to me where were you and now it's like oh i get it now Mm -hmm. i get it now and that's why for yourself exactly and now that's why i take it so seriously because i know what happens when you just it's not about excusing people's behavior, but it's about thinking like, okay, all right, that's living in the past and that's holding on to this feeling that is not serving me. So how do I get into my body mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. and actually ride these red crimson waves and make them mine and rewrite the future mm-hmm. and believe that every time you do that, we are making it more of a reality for the people who come after us. And I mm. do really think that that's our responsibility mm-hmm. massively. And what do you do daily because these are all truths that I'm learning as well and and I'm practicing and we basically from the moment we make wake up we have the potential as women to be like attacked in one form or another moving through the day in ways that try to force us to be more masculine so like our wombs are getting basically attacked left and right or or, sexualized or sexualized or you know, shamed or made to feel that again, we have to be more masculine. So what are some practical things you do to stay in your Mm. good energy Mm. of your womb? This, this, what a great question. So Hieros Gamos was this ritual that involved the, yes, it was like, you know, a man and a woman or two people, it didn't make a difference. But to me, it's about the marrying of our masculine energy and Mm. our feminine energy. Now we can cordon off the soul and, and, and body into multiple parts, but let's just look at light feminine, dark feminine, light masculine, dark masculine. In order for the feminine to survive, it requires a strong masculine container mm-hmm. to hold her when she is moving into that softness, right? So like a glass of water needs the glass to hold it. The glass is not there to contain it or imprison it. It's here to hold the water so it can dance. Mm. 
This is not that a man needs a woman. I'm being very clear. This is about the energy. Vice versa is that when the masculine wants to come undone or the masculine wants to rise, it needs that feminine energy to create a container that is possibility and that is holding it through that process. Now, 99.9% of us is this. Men are walking around with deep emotional wounding from a lack of feminine and women are walking around with deep sexual wounding from a total lack. And it's like the ways they interact with each other. So the lack of emotional wounding, the lack of emotion in the man and that emotional wounding creates the sexual wounding in the woman. Mm. So then she withholds the emotion because she doesn't feel safe, which then perpetuates the lack in the man. And so the best thing you can do for yourself in terms of thinking, all right, you know what? The world will, maybe, might, might not try fuck me, screw me, pummel me every single day. How about I move into a space where I do everything it is I need to do to become masculine, feminine, to hold myself so that I am never seeking for anything outside of myself and I never feel like I'm not equipped with the resources, the feelings, the mechanisms, organic or robotic, whatever, to be able to deal with those scenarios because you get to a point where... You no longer look at life like it's trying to fuck you. Mm. You look at life in a way that is... It's like embracing you. Yeah, and and I really feel that soft and savage comes into it. Like mm. now I kind of look at life in a way where my masculines come out and it's like, don't even try. <laughs> don't even try. I will literally rip the eyeballs out of your face. <laughs> and the energy that I carry in that, and then the energy that comes in, I will love you and I will hold you and I will do everything I can to nurture you. That's what I think is so cool about you is because when you first walked in the room, you're like tatted the fuck up. You have <laughs> bad ass. Hair. You're a bad bitch. But then as soon as you spoke on stage, it's like, oh, you're so kind Empathetic. and alive. And Thank you just you. want people to mm-hmm. like love themselves. And I yes. can feel that being near you. So Thank it's like you. you are the embodiment of both of those energies. Thank you. Yeah. That's so fucking sweet. <laughs> yes. I think that's the thing that like me, it, I really feel like it makes a difference. And you, you know, you live your whole life thinking you're too much or you're too little or you're dramatic or you're theatrical or you're crazy. And so in that state of mind, mm-hmm. I was just waiting for the next bad thing to happen. Mm-hmm. And then I was self-prophesizing. Mm-hmm. And then I'm in this position where I'm just living out the pattern over and over again this is not undermining the very real realities of people managing those gaps managing the fuckery of the world and this is not undermining the pain but what i am saying is that if you can understand that every struggle you have is an opportunity to turn to strength and that in trauma there's post-traumatic growth available to you Mm -hmm. that your superpower is hiding in that if you really believe in your mind that just like kink pain can be pleasure there's some Something that happens when you're able to bring all of that into your body because every day you wake up saying, cool, what if I just told myself a thousand times a day that nothing is actually going to phase me and nothing can rattle me because I'm not the sailboat in the storm. I'm the fucking ocean and the sky's moving for me. There are yes. different ways to look at that. I love how you said, <clears throat> what if you just said a thousand times a day? Because you're getting at the work of changing a pattern, which is not I, fucking easy. It's no. not easy, but oh my God, get this because we are, a lot of us have been or are addicted to feeling bad. Mm-hmm. That is because, and we say, no, it's just easier to, to feel bad. It's hard to feel happy. It's hard to laugh. 
it's hard because you haven't been practicing. It's easy to feel bad because you've been practicing feeling bad every day the way you talk to yourself that's the norm how like women and people just in general like bond over negative stuff Uh and gossip uh and like then there's gossip magazines there's news everything is sensationalized yeah it's like you're working out on that every time Mm -hmm. you you indulge in that and then of course you're addicted and of course it becomes easy Mm -hmm. but it can eventually become easy Mm -hmm. to channel the more white light and the more good feelings and Mm -hmm. the more self-positive talk and that's what I committed to at the vortex Mm -hmm. um I committed to for breaking up with my bullshit, um, I committed to not critiquing myself. And in just the few days since then, I've caught, because I'm paying attention, Mm. how many times I naturally go to critique Mm. and I'm stopping it. And and what I'm doing is I'm saying, I love you, 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 like in the mirror and to myself. It's work, but I, I want to do it. This is, oh my God, you said that so beautifully. It's this kind of thing where like, we're literally so grossly addicted yes. to our suffering and struggle. We're obsessed. It's mm. the most egotistical thing yes. I've ever seen. And you know, things like gossip. Oh my gosh. It, gossip literally used to mean women commuting together. <laughs> and we made you hate it by telling you that gossip is when women get together to talk shit. Mm. And then because we don't care about our shadows, we don't give our shadows a part to play we only we only let them out like imagine a kettle's boiling okay it's like literally gonna explode if you don't open the top i used the same analogy the other day out of nowhere yeah go on okay it's that and so it's like okay wait a second no it's not how it works it's like boil boil toil and rub like you've gotta let that that steam out and because you know you don't have any spaces to let the steam out if you like or actually i like to call honoring your darkness and honoring that shadow you then binge and you purge and you literally do all the things that addicts do with words and so you you give yourself no safe place to feel alive or to cause mischief or have fun or to get dark and again explore the light and darkness that you end up participating in bullshit like that right Mm -hmm. and it's this kind of thing where you do the same thing in your head my friend erica the queen of confidence she talks about how there's eighty thousand thoughts in your head every single day and that's probably Mm. like honestly underestimated let's be honest and in this you're not taking any stock take so when you Mm -hmm. start like you said really like paying attention it's like you have a house party Mm. and you leave the door open and there's no one at the door and all of a sudden your house is filled with two million motherfuckers who are eating your food shitting on your floor (laughs) changing the music and you're there being like what do i do but actually hello i didn't invite all of you i didn't invite you guys i I really wanted those cheetos like you have to make sure that me myself and i are the camaraderie the allies the soldiers everyone is aligned to protect you there's somebody there and you're like okay well if i let this thought in Mm -hmm. it's gonna fuck me up i've been trying to actively think of them as passing ships and Mm. it's like i can choose which one to like look at Mm. and i can just watch them float and if you know if you Mm -hmm. give it 90 seconds it'll like and we're so smart right and the thing is we think our smartness is here i was pointing to my head Mm -hmm. fyi in case Mm -hmm. you needed some Mm -hmm. captioning (laughs) and then the other part of us feels in here so this is the prison this is the playground you need to start thinking with your body if you look at any cognitive stuff it doesn't matter where you look it's the fact which is it might be raining it's raining it's a fact so the thought that follows is what breeds the feeling that comes after Mm. so the best thing you can do for yourself is how the fuck you looking at life because if you've got your bullshit goggles on your face and you just are looking at every single thing that happens as some way that the universe is trying to
to destroy you. Right. Every feeling you breed mm. in your body is going to be a festering mess of maggots and Beetlejuice jizz. Mm. But if you actually come from this place and you're like, okay, it's raining. Cool. Hold on. Okay. I call this my like drunk Jiminy Cricket. I'm like, listen to me. Go home. And he'll say something, oh, my God, you just got your hair done. What a waste of money. Now you're going to look like shit. And I'm like, fuck off. And I indulge the thought for two seconds. I'm like, thank you for your service, Jiminy Cricket. You're drunk. Go home. (laughs) And then I go into, like, boss mode, which is, like, it's raining. What are you going to do about it? Okay? Baptism. It's baptizing you from your bullshit. It's washing your bullshit off your skin. Let's go and have some fun. You can show off a cute hat. Right? Yeah. Or you can look wet and good. Yeah. And so the thing is, when you do that, the feeling is so drastically different. Mm -hmm. And I think for people who haven't got into this work at all yet, the the initial steps are first decide to be on your own team. Mm -hmm. Like you have to get on your own team and realize that you haven't been on your own team. And the second step I think is realizing that there's a choice. There's a choice. If you back it up enough, somewhere in there, you're making a choice Mm -hmm. to listen to drunk Jiminy Cricket or whatever. Mm -hmm. So go back and make a different choice. Try that out. And if you're on your own team, you're going to start making choices that cheer you on and help yourself. Mm -hmm. You have a cheer team. You have people (laughs) are like, did you know you have that choice? Did you know you could do that? Did you know? I love you. I love you. Even though you made the Mm -hmm. totally wrong decision Mm -hmm. there. It's okay. Let's try again. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's that? What's that? Oh, he, but, mm, break me off a piece of that. Like, if you are actually your best friend and your lover and you're confident, you're so right. Your life, the landscape of your life and the ways you are literate, literate in the landscape of your soul, of your desires, of your needs, everything gets remodeled. Mm-hmm. I want to tell listeners in case this inspires them. I recently put up heart-shaped post-its on my mirror wall, mm-hmm. like in my bathroom that say all kinds of affirmations. And I, and it's only been like a week and I can feel the difference. It's like, I am safe. I love my body. Um, I deserve to be here. I can do anything. It makes me so happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I love looking in the mirror and seeing it and just like hearing it from myself to myself that Mm -hmm. makes me so happy you know yesterday though i spoke at um erica's event and there were i don't know 50 women and she does this exercise where she gets them to write down their nastiest inner Mm. beliefs or stories it's Mm -hmm. devastating i literally Mm -hmm. cry every Mm -hmm. single time and they put all this on the floor and i got a download that in my talk, I would have them read it out in their child's voice, Whoa. Whoa. like their actual child's voice. And so I would, and I was like, fuck, I don't know if I could do that. That's really brutal. I don't know if I have the energy for it, but I needed to do it. And I went in and I said, look, I want you to say your child's name out loud and really feel them in your body. And I mm. want you to read this as if it's them. And a lot of the times self-love is like people are anaphylactic, allergic to Mm -hmm. loving themselves. They're terrified of it. They think that it's like, you know, I'm allergic to peanuts and this is a giant bag of peanuts. They just honestly think they're going to die if they even look in the mirror. And I try and work them through these reflection processes and mirror processes. And the best way is that it's like if I can't get them to put the visual and affirmation stuff because I'm a sucker for it. I love it. I loved that it was at Gala's event. It's that imagine you caught your child speaking to themselves Mm. the way you speak to yourself 
imagine if you knew your child was thinking the things you think because child protection services would take you away from yourself if they heard how badly you speak to yourself and so the work you're doing might sound to other people trivial it's revolutionary yes it is it is fucking revolutionary to look at yourself and be like how am i gonna mother myself today how am i gonna love myself today how am i gonna do this today it is it changes the vibrational frequency of the whole world. Mm. Whole There's world. something so powerful. And I, that's why you got it intuitively mm. to have them read it out loud because I had the same um, exercise in a central retreat workshop that was really small group, just like eight women. So super intimate. And we were writing down something we've been unconsciously believing or a story we've been saying in our head, just write it down. Mm. Mine was, um, if my stomach isn't flat, I'm not sexy. I can't be sexy if my stomach isn't flat. And thank you for sharing that vulnerability. Uh, thank you. Well, at that time, I had never said that out loud. Yeah. And it's like this dirty secret that you're carrying around if you've never voiced it out loud. And there's something about, so anyways, they made me, I happened to be first and they're like, okay, now read it out loud. And I was like, uh-huh, what? Mm. We're saying these out loud. And I, I almost couldn't even vocalize it. And I have a podcast still at this point. <laughs> I talk, but like, yeah. I couldn't, I could almost not say it out loud. I was so ashamed. And so for them to make me say it out loud and for me to hear it, I was, I saw it mm -hmm. finally because it became outside of me and I could see what I said. Mm -hmm. And then we, um, becomes real, it becomes real and you hear it. And my heart broke for myself. And, and then she had us rewrite the belief. And for me, I used my love for women to give back to myself because I don't have a child, but I was like, thinking about all these amazing women that I am attracted to, that I think are sexy, beautiful, that do not have anything near a flat stomach. Like what the fuck? And they're gorgeous. And then I was like, okay, that's what I actually believe. So I'm going to apply that belief to myself. You know, it's crazy. Uh, 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 we don't do that. Yeah. Everything is so, I'm like, okay, go spend a million dollars on gurus and coaches. <laughs> Everything is so excruciatingly simple yes. that it's embarrassing. Even with my own coach, who I love, I was like, this is absurd. I'm embarrassed. Like it's it like, seems so simple. Yeah. It's like one fucking thing. It's like, you know, if you don't have kids, it's if your best friend was, if yeah. you caught her talking that way, your sister, we were all born from some level of pussy. Mm -hmm. So just go back to that place. Okay. What's the comment? We were all stuck to a placenta at one point. Mm -hmm. That placenta genius, independent anatomical marvel that literally grows out of nowhere in our bodies to completely sustain our babies and sustain us. Okay. Let's go to that place. We can all agree that at one point we were stuck to a placenta. Like there are things that link us all. Mm -hmm. And that is a deep, deep desire to be connected to ourselves, to our mother, to the world and to each other. Our desires in a stressful situation is not fucking fight or flight. It's tend and befriend. And if I can just show people what it means to love themselves, they will love each other. Mm -hmm. But you can't show women who are broken and bruised to love each other until they know how to love themselves. And it's things like that, exercises like mm -hmm. that, where you say it, it becomes real, you call it up. And I said mm -hmm. this to the other day, like vibrations. Shame and guilt are the lowest vibrations you can live in. If you say it aloud and you get angry, 
You're like, ew, how would I feel if everyone I loved was saying that? And then that's what I do. I get pissed. I'm like, Mm -hmm. fuck this. Mm -hmm. Then I take action. Then I can just remove myself. Whereas this, it's like Dumbledore, you know, the pensive. He he takes it out of his brain and he puts it in the pensive because or else it's just like a a thought that happens and you bring it, it destroys you and it leaves just as quickly as it destroyed you. Mm -hmm. So nothing gets resolved. Right. It's just writing it and saying it out loud and hearing it and letting it leave your Uh, mouth. And you taste it and you're like, this is disgusting and this is not going to serve me so powerful i forgot who said it maybe lizzo or someone but it's loving yourself is an act of rebellion it is Ooh, yeah and i think that's so cool and i like to remind myself of that I think um, I think Gala said as well once she's mm. like radical self-love is a political statement and I've <laughs> and I I really I'm pretty sure it was Gala I'm fairly certain but it was something like that where th- this is literally what inspired everything mm. everyone thinks life has to be so complicated we get lost in these like conversations about the government mm. politics blah and it's because we're all avoiding the inner work mm. yeah that's literally all it is yep. okay let's have big conversations that literally are just distracting you from what it is you need to do and then blame everything else but yourself mm-hmm. it's such a perfect scapegoat <sighs> lana has a lana del rey has a line that i love where she says your poetry's bad and you blame the news mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god lick 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 <laughs> lana del rey's metaphorical dick yeah. <laughs> i would oh yeah. i i did in my brain multiple times <laughs> thank you very much i so agree i so yeah. agree yeah it's like we're complaining that we're not art we're not music we're not poetic we're not lyrical we're not we're and we're blaming everything mm-hmm. as if a, as if life has a lack of inspiration yeah. How boring is your fucking life that you actually believe that life is as dark and as terrible as you make it? I'll get excited about these little egg foam things yeah, on the wall. It's like you said, you could you could uh, talk about a shower curtain and inspire someone. It's Everything. like, yeah, you can. I'm because- so grateful to be here. I'm grateful yeah. to be here with you both. I'm grateful to be laughing. I'm grateful yes. for the air, the energy, mm. the awareness. Like, what the fuck could possibly make me feel sad right now? I'm... So curious how Angel became Angel. What got you here? So uh, (laughs) Phoenix could, I just, yeah, describe it as best as I possibly can in a way of this has been happening since I'm a baby. (laughs) This weird menage a trois between me and myself and I, Mm. where I was on this weird alien quest (laughs) to just find people who would get me. And I never did. And so what I just kept doing was trial and error and triumph and tribulations and the heroine's journey over and over and over and over. But manifesting, like I was talking about, I I was like, I've just always known that I need to use my mouth, but I had to fall back in love with my voice and trust that my mission and my message was worthy of being heard because for so long I was told I was too much too theatrical, too dramatic. Um, And it took a lot for me to kind of remove myself from that scenario. And so I've told, you know, I've told this story many times, but I really feel called right now to say that the only reason I am here right now and just like, I just want to just be president. Mm-hmm. The only reason I'm here right now and I'm in front of this mic sandwich between you fucking two remarkable creatures in front of Mike, Mike <laughs> is that <laughs> I really have just genuinely believed since I, I can remember that optimism, mm. that enthusiasm, 
that this childlike joie de vivre, this desire to always choose feeling alive, even when everybody around me wanted me to submit, produce, create, you know, manifest for them, love them, fuck them, but then, you know, not be a hindrance on anything else. Even when I had, and I, I mean, I grew up in a broke ass family. We had fucking diddly squat. I was on live journal making that shit work. Cause I knew that I was like, one day I've got to get out of here and I need to do the thing. And so all of this, if I really look back at why it is I'm right here, I didn't give up on myself. Mm. And even when I didn't know anything, my brain knew nothing. And I mean, maybe I knew words. I love to read. Life to me is poetry. At the end of the day, I was a fucking kid. I don't have the experience. All I had was my past lives and my womb and the rosebud and the thing that was going to call me to step up at one point. And all I knew is this feels bad and this feels good. And everyone's pissed off that I don't want to do the bad thing. And they're asking me to sacrifice the good thing so I can be the good girl. Mm. And that never mm. worked for me. Mm. And choosing me over and over and over again. And then not choosing me and suffering the repercussions. Mm. And then listening to my instinct and being rewarded. And then not listening to my instinct and being punished. And all of the things in between is that I knew... And I don't even know what the word new means. I honestly don't. I knew at some point that something would happen and it would all make sense. And the last year of my life to this very moment right mm. here has just been that, you know what, Angela, the Phoenix has no company and it is burnt to a crisp mm. and it is reborn in the solidity and the solidarity and the solitude of that ashtray. And you need to believe that it doesn't matter if right now you're swimming in a diarrhea bath or you're alone and you don't fucking know what it is you're doing and you're getting channels for this and channels for that. And sometimes my pen can't even keep up. And I'm like, that's it. Put me in an institution. The padded room we see right now for this podcast could have easily been the padded room in an asylum. Oh my God. And I take everything mm. so seriously because the dance of every fucking thing that I've breathed and lived and exchanged and participated in it was just my body choosing what felt good over mm. what felt bad mm. and that's literally the only reason that I'm here doing what I'm doing and I still don't know what I'm doing I just <laughs> I swear to god I am just following mm. the call of this thing that is bigger than me and I know lots of people are doing the same thing right now and that's how I know that it's not about I love storytelling you know like mm -hmm. I love the storytelling and I love the mythology of it and I love the heroine's journey but this is just about a girl who spent way too much time sacrificing her vitality for the good girl and was so afraid of being in the streets and homeless. And, and I was and like all these kinds of things. So that I was so afraid of all those things. I was so afraid of Jesus judging me. I used to put literally I used to put bars of soap in my pussy after I masturbated oh. because I was actually like I, I would wash my hands and I wouldn't look at the mirror. Like mm. just things that I'm like, and I'm sure many people listening will understand exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I spent so much time repenting for my existence. Mm. I spent so much of my life squashing my magic and 
fucking hating my mother because mm-hmm. nobody gave me any information or so I'm just I'm so over it and so the other co- side of this coin is that I'm actually so bored with anything except being stimulated every second and a half as mm-hmm. Hobo Johnson says mm-hmm. that all I'm literally gonna do is avoid anything that's predictable unless it comes from the psychic portal avoid everything that's predictable avoid everything that's boring and avoid everything that doesn't feel good and i know in the guts of my loin and groin and heart and third eye that it will always take me to where i need to be and that's mm. how i got here i love you so <gasps> fucking much i do too rachel and i were nodding uh-huh. the whole entire time that you were talking <laughs> oh my god i think the the biggest thing that sticks out for me in that because I share it is the first like step, which we all got from Gala as well of doing what feels good or making, making doing what feels good. Your job Mm -hmm. feeling good is my job. Uh That was Uh my first, that was one of my first like steps onto this path was my sister. Who's a coach helping me realize to try to do what feels good because I was so confused. Mm. I felt so lost that I, I didn't know even what, how to put one foot in front of the other, like as far as what to do, Mm. um, even though it's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, Oh, that takes away needing to know how, what, when, where, Mm -hmm. who, whatever you just trust your body Mm -hmm. which absolutely has messages for you when it feels good Mm -hmm. every time without fail like it's it's like every literal second every moment you are being thermometer barometer moral compass Mm -hmm. true north star your body's like but you squash it yeah and you like shove a fucking sock in its mouth and then you're like i'm sorry i'm too busy i can't listen then your whole life turns to shit you're like everything sucks it's everybody's fault no it's because you kidnapped your potential Mm -hmm. you handed over your power and you've literally shoved a sock in the mouth of your inner child and you're blaming the whole world Mm -hmm. for why nobody sees you and nobody hears you when you can't even see and hear yourself bitch Mm -hmm. please yes (laughs) well what brad yates says what i love is taking full responsibility for your well-being for your own well-being yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and everyone wants to stick it to the man they're like you're working nine to five for the man i'm like then okay stop talking about the man why don't you work fucking 24 hours a day for the woman and you'll be fine mm-hmm. <laughs> work for yourself yeah yeah feel yeah, good yeah. is the fucking retirement yeah when i re- when i get um i've been trying to do starting my mornings getting into my body doing like a white light meditation or tapping or whatever um to because i can so easily in the morning feel consumed with anxiety of my like it's like i wake up and my brain starts to tell me all the things it thinks i could do that day or get done mm. that day very masculine mm. and i'm deciding i don't want to succumb to that so i'm actively doing the work Mm. to to take back my own morning for myself Mm. and I'm very proud of that and um a a reminder that helps me is when I I'll the anxiety bubbles up and then I go I remember oh I'm allowed to just do what feels good Oh, so oh, like yeah. my day will be fine. It will be great. Like, I'm the because boss. I'll do what feels good. Yeah. yeah. Again, yes. simple seeming. Like yes. it's and it is though. Yeah. I wanted to tell you. Ooh. So uh, on stage at the vortex, you were talking about how you loved Gala, and then you ran into her. Oh yeah. In that <laughs> like good. moon juice, right? Yeah. <laughs> the same fucking thing happened to me with Gala. 
which yes. is how we even got her on the show. And Moon Juice. No, no, well, no, not at Moon Juice. Okay, but, whoa, but, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but I emailed her. We, we emailed her to come on the show. And then literally that day, 15 minutes later, and her like uh, assistant had already responded to say yes. 15 minutes later, I walked into the wing, which, by the way, I haven't been back since. That was my first time there. And Only last time, time there. ever there. Hands Gala yeah. is there, typing at her computer, looking fabulous. And I just like, my mouth was agape. And I just like went up to her. I was like, are you Gala? And then, like, we took a picture, and it was just like, I just emailed you. She knew exactly who I was. She was like, you're the basic witches. And it's just like, it was so, so hearing you tell that story was like, wow, I was meant to know Gala, and I and was meant you. to know you. And, like, all of us were meant to. How crazy is that? I am obsessed. I am upset. Like, this is yeah. the thing. It's like, yeah. you know, everyone's like, I need a sign. I'm looking for a sign. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah. Like, there are signs, literally. Russell Brand was talking about it in a show the other night. I was pissing my pants. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, this new age, once you start, you're in there. It's all of a sudden there's fucking signs everywhere. This, <laughs> And it's true. Mm-hmm. It's not even satire. Like, it's you start looking at the intricacies and the fibers Ooh. and the webbing and everything that is just this of separation. Not even, honestly, like a bee's dick apart from the next thing. <laughs> And then you think like, you think like, oh my God, is this a joke? Yes. Oh, it feels like. We're and your like, power, d- dude. That testament to your yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, manifesting. Right? The first thing she said was, you're in the vortex, baby. <laughs> <laughs> was that Nicole Kidman coming know. out of Renee know. Zellweger and Jennifer Lawrence's mouth? <laughs> it's a mashup. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was so Nicole Kidman. It made me so happy. <laughs> but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like seeing something, and then also, oh my God, imagine you're manifesting in two years, in five <gasps> years. Imagine in ten years, where you're like, I want this. Boom, Boom. pops out of the sky. Yeah, it's so scary, <laughs> but so cool. And yeah, that's how I felt as oh, well as like, cool. yeah, it's like, am I dreaming? This is surreal. Yeah, like don't say anything. Billie Eilish talks about that a lot. I love her. I'm so happy for her. I'm just so fucking happy for her. Mm. And the things it's like the conversations she even talks about with her brother or mm. just like she's she, all these videos. And she's like, I honestly just wanted to make music <laughs> and kept choosing music. Typical Sagittarian stuff. <laughs> I just, you know, I was, and she says it, I was fucked up in the head. I just wanted to keep making music. Your music is your spell. She keeps doing the thing and she calls in everything in a web mm. of serendipity and synchronicity. Mm. But her desire to show up every day and choose staying alive. And choose believing that happy is available to her mm. and that music can still come out of that pain means that even then. So my thing is like, if we can make this kind of magic sleepwalking, mm-hmm. what the fuck are we going to create when we're awake? Mm. Or when I get my IUD out. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. I, yes. Yes. Seriously. Oh, who are you going to be? I know. I'm like, whoa. Holy moly. It's like, I also just saw this recalling of like the scorpion's tail in IUD oh. form. Oh, and like, yeah, because that's what the strings of the yeah. IUD do. Yeah. Whoa. What's going to happen? And I'm a double Scorpio. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> also, my, my rising though. and my sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm just like. I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm here and I'm present and like you're getting me. You're always getting me. Mm, that's that's what Plut- my gift is. Like Pluto mm. Scorpio as well. Like we're, most of us are born in this 30 year something cycle mm. where the majority of our life is is meant to be in this like subculture, this subconscious mm. culture of our fucking subconscious, higher conscious. And mm. this uh, this is half of us are hiding. 
and half of us are actually showing up to, mm. to like, you know, be the scorpion. And I feel like it's really interesting watching people our age. Mm. with their magic or whatever it is it's so weird like mm. half of them are hiding they are terrified of being seen so i'm like what does the scorpion do honestly like if scorpio and in the age of aquarius nonetheless is the flavor if you were a scorpion how would it feel to wait your whole life to be understood by the people around you because that little scorpio is just existing everyone's terrified of it they want to step on it squash it so it learns that it has to go underground and not take up space mm-hmm. and hide the symbology for occultism and the be sim- defensive right be defensive mm-hmm. so we are all living in this don't be seen don't be heard and perpetually feel misunderstood mm-hmm. and perpetually live in a state of defense and then you're like okay so for me scorpions are like i'm in reverence right it's like everything that is going underground for the message to survive mm-hmm. the underbelly of sex that's been taken away from us the underbelly of dark the cave of all that shadow play the intensity the smoldering david Duchovny look like in everything that is and i really like actively i'm like do you think that scorpion is getting defensive no do you think david Duchovny is getting defensive about shit while he's looking sexy no no and it's like if you just spend more time just i mean specifically for our generation especially because neptune's in capricorn and it's uh, it's annoying it's a dichotomy i get it mm. but there's things that you need to just think about and it has to be with we are being gifted with this level of intensity and theatrical gregariousness sexiness sultriness because this is the fucking generation that comes out of hiding yeah mm. oh yeah this is where the blood of our bones and the eggs we were born from come out to play because they've been hiding up in them fallopian tubes for 200 300 400 years of course it's gonna be scary it's fucking scorpio flavored pluto pussy portal up in here let's have fun with it right like i just like people are so obsessed with hiding and then they Mm -hmm. leave they live their whole lives hiding and then Mm. they're dead yeah Fuck that i'll take being misunderstood over hiding right. any day mm. at least being seen yeah Wait, yeah do me gemini <laughs> they're my favorite really yeah my best friend is a gemini gemini are literally my church <laughs> i'm not kidding there is something that is so silver tongue silver feet quickness and articulateness mm. a natural born performance but they're also like hmm, i'm gonna uh, colin and erica are gonna be pissed off uh, um they're eaters of darkness and shitters of light <laughs> so they are literally yes. trauma surfers they <laughs> are two people and they literally have uh, double personalities and unless they are well supported they will spend their whole lives literally chasing death and fucked up scenarios and being like surviving trauma and feeling schizophrenic and feeling like they have multiple personality disorders and feeling like they're not enough and feeling like they're cut in two so they can feel alive but it's because they can survive mm. so often tons of drugs tons of alcohol t- fucking yep, evil yep, can evil yep. type shit and then they this is what they do they live all this shit they come out of it and then they take all the shit that they lived and they spit it out into light in layman terms for the people that is literally what i'm doing right now with my career <laughs> okay, yeah that, like i've been through my 20s were yeah. fucking shit i went to rehab i like you know almost died a few times 
Like so many <laughs> traumatic, toxic relationships, dated horrible people. This and is, you are born uh-huh. with two souls. Uh-huh. One that eats the darkness, the other that shits the light. You just summed me up. I, that makes me so and, happy. And I'm obsessed first, with this for shit. For the first time, I'm dating a, a man that fully embraced from the beginning that I was a Gemini. And he would literally refer to, like, send yeah. me two different texts. One yeah, would be for that. the light side of Gemini and one would be for He'd be like, Off. I'm talking to this side of Gemini no Leah right no now. Way. She would show me them. Yeah. And, I and like, then I want to tell the other side of Gemini Leah that yes. she's. Da, 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 da. Yeah, he gets me, and when you said fully support, it's like yeah, he supports whatever yeah. version wow. of me he gets. Oh and my god, that makes yeah. that makes my star hugging soul so happy. <laughs> because sometimes I say that, and they're like, no, you know, this is this is how I know you're in balance. Because mm-hmm. it, I mean, in balance, not imbalance. Mm-hmm. When when someone is really embodying, whether it's their son, it doesn't matter, or particularly their rising and their son, when they're embodying it, they don't get defensive. Mm-hmm. They look at that and they're like, yeah, I'm a superhero. <laughs> that's actually what I can do, right? So all the things that make me crazy because Aquarians for a long time, they're the most Nobel Peace Prize winners. Now as it changes every year, they're also the most institutionalized because the brilliance and the visionary, it's like they they literally have these unbelievable visions and whether the person around them thinks they're crazy or not is the distinction whether they end up in asylum or they end up a genius. Mm-hmm. So there are things, it's like, yeah, if someone would have told me that when I'm 12, I'd be like, I'm not crazy. And that's what I did. I'm I spent my whole life saying that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. sorry. Yeah. And air signs, we spend our whole lives telling people that we're not crazy. Mm. Um, and it's like, you know, we, they need us. They absolutely need us. We are the thing that carries everything forward. We are, you know, try, try and carry, I'm uh, sorry, try and catch air in your fingers. See how that works. But watch how it'll kill you, knock you over, suffocate you and give you life. So there are things that we are born to confront people. We are born to confront people. That is what we do. We pull them up from the ground and so many people are obsessed with either hiding or being earthed. We piss them off. We confront them. I think Geminis are literally like and truly Scorpios as well at the front line of what is going to change because of language and a feeling. So the Gemini is the articulate bitch and the Scorpio is the articulate feeler. Exactly. It's true. So the Mm -hmm. things is that when you bring that intensity in language, which then provokes thought, which which then breeds feeling you have this perfect partnership that fucks people up and it brings and change yeah and that's why we k- keep getting this feedback over and over when people listen to the show that they're like you'll have all these guests on that you don't even know and they'll get so deep with you instantly mm-hmm. and guests will always be like i've never told this story but you guys are getting the first scoop like i'm gonna <laughs> tell you everything and we're like okay it's because okay. <laughs> this is an oreo yeah. and this is the filling yeah and like what you guys do in this cookie fucking sandwich is is that you have the literal intensity yeah. in the verbal world, in the nonverbal world. Yep. And so there's a nonverbal, <laughs> verbal communication cauldron you're weaving at all times that lets people melt into a puddle because you can literally use verbal and nonverbal communication to make them feel alive and safe and loved. And your humor is decadent. <sighs> and it's Thank your humor. <laughs> I swear to God. And I really believe that, like, beyond just edutainment, is that when you are having such intense conversations, humor is necessary and there needs to be more funny women doing fucking important things because it's not just about looking cute while you deliver terrible news it's about having important conversations while you make people laugh because then they're listening and that's what you guys do you just create a cauldron yeah thank you and and how crazy is it that her name's rachel my name's leanne those were like sisters in the bible who got fucking the (laughs) husband the husband it it was like one of them couldn't get pregnant so the husband pimped out the other i hate the story but yeah story and it's 
it's like, but it's awesome that we have those birth names yeah. and no, we're here together. We are. Yeah, and both from biblical backgrounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah both our families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh shit! I know. And then we're just two little witches <laughs> and crushers. Like, what's your rising? Uh, Capricorn. What's your rising? Scorpio. Yeah. <laughs> Which is adventure, which comes together to create adventure. Yeah. I'm just rocking my chair back and (laughs) forth. That's interesting. Yeah. Because Capricorn loves to live in their head Mm -hmm. and they forget that they are a sea goat and they're meant to climb the mountain and go down into the sea. So oftentimes they choose their intelligence and their intellect and being in their head and rationality and all that kind of stuff just so that they can feel... Um, like they've earned the accolade. They feel like they've earned the respect of their Nobility. peers. They, you know, yeah, they're like, they're the structural engineers of the Zodiac. Like they're so fucking smart. If there was an apocalypse, I would want them with me a hundred percent. But they are so good at suppressing their essence. Mm. So I'm not surprised that Scorpio rising is most likely going to pull so much darkness and sensual (laughs) juju out of you for real, because they're so funny. They are so clever, but they get stuck here and they're like, I need a PowerPoint. I need a presentation. I need an Excel sheet. I need a to-do list. I need to make sure that this is done and not in Virgo. I mean, like they need things in control. And then they live Mm. their whole lives and they're late bloomers. And like clockwork, Capricorns will get to the age where they're like, fuck, I should have done the things I needed to do. Because turns Mm. out I'm really funny and I'm really smart and I should have done things that are more fun. Mm. So it's, it's you know, then you have people like Dolly Parton, who for me are the brazen embodiment of Capricorn. Just like badass as hell super expressed unfortunately they're scared and also this whole i think biblical jesus christ thing if jesus did exist he wasn't a capricorn okay first of all <laughs> what do you think he was a fucking aquarius or a pisces <laughs> so okay. aquarius i feel like a thousand yeah, okay. percent mm. uh, capricorns are not heretics i know i'm a heretic they are not heretics and so i always thought that was funny i thought that the weirdness of like how hard it is for capricorns to be born at the end of the year when people are obsessed with this like hyper religious thing so it's energy the energy mm. is so restrictive my mom was born on christmas Oh God! So you wow. you're born from the Babo Natale portal, which is like super religious, and then you oh God, okay, mm. and yeah, you know this is a lot. it's hard, and then you know it's people are making they're regretting their whole year, so it's the week of shame. I didn't do enough. I'm not enough. I'm fat. I could have done this. I this is what I need to do. Presents. I need to get more presents. I don't have enough money. Yes, you know the thing you said about anxiety in the morning? Yeah. Yeah, that's what people get at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. for yeah. the rest of the yep. year. Yep. Wow. So then they spend all that time. So why do you think Capricorn is a control freak and needs to do things? Because mm. it's thinking about all the ways it fell short and all the ways it must do better mm-hmm. to get the approval of all the people it needs mm. to get approval from. Instead of being like, oh my God, I'm at the front line of possibility. What do I make happen right now? Blah, 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 blah. And they're a sophisticated sign and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see because then the what she's going to bring to yeah. you as well. Yeah. Right. In terms of like giving the Scorpio a container that feels really like structurally sound yeah, totally. to go and get down with their wet selves. <laughs> I feel like that is already the dynamic. Like the water with the glass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love I love Capricorns. They've always been my best friends, but fuck, they're so confronted <laughs> by me. Well, so speaking of Pisces, mm-hmm. my Pisces is in, um, or my moon is in Pisces, and we're in a Pisces moon. Does that affect me more right now? Why we're in a smiling? Pisces I'm new scared. moon right now. <laughs> I think that Pisces, 
a season affects everybody. <laughs> okay. Mm. I feel like it's one of those seasons, honest to God, I feel like Aquarius season, Aquarius season and Pisces, like where they blend as well as Scorpio season. They're the two biggest seasons of, for me anyways, in the year, like people start to go just like <laughs> loco. Yes. I believe that that would affect you. Okay. And only because it's a, it's a portal. So it's a new moon. I'd be looking actually at the Virgo full moon and what's going to happen between Pisces and Virgo and where those are positioned in your mm. charts and what's going to be highlighted and what might come up, of course, depending on position, blah, 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 blah. Um, I feel like this is the moon and your womb mm. and your bleed mm. and the moon being what moves you, depending on what else is happening in your chart, you're, you're most likely going to come to some pretty big conclusions about embodiment as well as being in the other world and this world and for which life where you are in between so look people look at the moon thing a little bit differently i look at the moon as what moves me what pulls me literally mm. what's the gravitational pull so you might if you're open to it you might have huge realizations mm. about like okay what's actually moving me mm. what does which mean to me what do i want to do mm. and then how do i embody that by the time virgo comes along and takes its illuminous ass mm. and goes into all of my shadows and is like really you want to be a witch but how are you showing up Where's the mysticism? Where's the occultism? Are you going on to the other side? Are you being the messenger? Are you going to the veils? Are you being creative? Are you being as artistic as you're supposed to be? So that kind of stuff might annoy you because mm. it'll be like, mm, I should be doing the things, right? But also how beautiful is it that you're a Gemini, eater of darkness, shitter of light. And then you have the Pisces, which is literally like the last on the list, the sophisticated mm. like dimension edge walker mm. of life and death. Like you're literally one sign is light and dark and the other is, is life and death. I think that's really cool. Wow. So your sandwich is life and death. Wow. Anyways, yeah, that's your Ooh. question. That does answer. <laughs> I'm scared of this time of the year and I'm trying so hard to lean into it this time. Really? Yeah, because yeah. I know I'm like... It's intense. Drop and drop and drop and drop and mm -hmm, then I'm just like, mm -hmm. don't be scared. Don't shit yourself. Don't piss yourself. <laughs> like, it's good. Everything's happening for a reason, but it's hard. Yeah. It's hard in that moment to be seeing so much and doing so much and trusting so much. And feeling like you're going to fly off the floor. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I love that we're here for Pisces New Moon. That's what I'm going to say. Oh, yes, yeah. I love it, yes, too. Yes. Um, is it time for cards? I feel like it's yeah. time, even though there's still I so know. much more. We, we're I wish gonna... you didn't live in Melbourne. Please poke my brain. I actually would love to have you guys on my podcast. As yes. well. Oh, hell yeah. Anytime. Yeah, so just so we you, could talk shit. You really. have a deck. I want to tell the listeners, um, your deck is self-love, the revolution of self-reverence. Mm. And it's so beautiful. We love the like, thank the you. The art, the colors. It's very inspiring. Thank it's you so much. It's meant to turn you on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this entire thing was, I'm actually sold out at the moment. So those will go up as soon as possible. Hopefully when this is live, yeah. they'll be there. Um, I made this quite frankly as a... Um, cathartic mode of self-expression. Uh, I, yeah. I was a really quick little story is that I have much like you bitches have always known that there's something calling me like all of us. And at 13, I bought my first deck of cards and it was Brian Froud's The Fairy Deck. So the Fairy Oracle deck. Mm -hmm. And the moment I opened this deck, I was like, oh, whoa, this feels woo, like. Mm. And then all of a sudden I started doing tarot readings and Oracle readings for everybody. And everybody would come to my house and we would smoke weed and get silly. And I would have a lineup of people who would want to get these readings done in the room. And I didn't understand why. I was like, why are people so interested? Because I was just doing something that was fun. 
Anyways, this person comes in one day who shall not be named and says, um, yeah, da da da, we're I'm here for this and blah 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 blah. And we're kids. Like this is not it's like you go in for clarity as a 14-year-old, right? You just come in and you think you're being funny. So you ask a thing, let alone a dude who thinks he's so funny. And I did the readings and it basically told me that he killed someone. <gasps> yeah. So imagine I'm like 14, 15, oh. 16, something like that. Did he confirm? Then he confirms. <gasps> So he basically oh was with his brother. It was defense. So that, thankfully, like, I'll just like, mm-hmm. okay, spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. He just not like, I need to call the popos. But he, because um, I was worried at that time too. I was like, um, struggling, like throwing up on my own words. Oh. Because often in this room, it was my brother's room. Like the, he had things on the ceiling. They would rotate. There's things that would fly. Like, so I'm starting to get that creepy feeling when you're young mm-hmm. and you're not equipped to handle this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he said that he was walking with his brother home one night under the bridge and these dudes attacked his brother and all he had was a pen. And so he stabbed the neck. He was young. He was like 11 years old. He stabbed the neck of one of the dudes and that dude walked off and he never knew. He didn't know what happened. Mm -hmm. And this whole emotionally naive conversation turns into how this guy who was 15, 16 had been carrying this shit around for years. And then I got so scared. I burnt my cards. Whoa. Yeah. So at 60, and there's multiple incidences. There was another where we were doing Uija. And then um, I, my childhood friend, she was 14. She was murdered. She, she, yeah, was stabbed like 47 times. Mm. It's like the only serial killer that was in Quebec. Mm. And, and with that night that we played Uija, all this stuff happened, but I got scared and I throw the board into the closet and I opened it an hour later and 50 moths came out. No. Actual legitimate moths. And I still have the vision in my head because she was on the, there was like a tiny ass balcony on my thing. And um, it just like things like that, that started to scare the shit out of me. So I burnt it. Mm. So then again, like my bleed, I was going to get sterilized and I didn't. And I thought, okay, something's calling me and I don't know what it is. I went to go do an event in Brisbane with uh, January Harshi from the Birth Without Fear. And we're, we were there late. The fan line was huge. And then it was, it's like nine o'clock at night. I'm with my son. He's exhausted. We're walking down the street and we hear a drum. And January says, what's that across the street? Like, there's no shops open at 10 o'clock at night, guys. Okay. Like there's, there's no reason that this shop should have been open and there's no sign, but I see some weird taxidermy stuff and it's my jam. So I'm like, oh my God, I want to go look at that shop. And there's, it's a witch store. They're holding an incantation with the drum at the back of the room. And I was like, okay. And I knew the second I stepped into the store, oh, no, 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 no. There's something happening here. And guess what's on the desk, the the table when I walk in? The fairy deck. The fairy deck. (gasps) I hadn't seen that deck in 16 years. So on my Christ year at 33 that I always thought I was going to (gasps) die. I literally have Jesus tattooed on my hand because I always thought I was going to die at 33. It becomes a year that I'm literally reborn. Hence the Phoenix Mm -hmm, thing. mm -hmm. And I picked up the deck and I had a visceral physical reaction and I wanted to throw up in my mouth. I started crying and I was like, this is, this is weird. This is really weird. And so I brought the cards back and I did my first reading on January and it was mind blowing. She was wailing. I was wailing and I knew at that moment in time. So this deck is a testament to how I fell back in love with myself, but how I believed I was in crazy. And I brought back the parts of me I buried back to life and I honored them by creating my own deck. So this is actually a fucking dream for me. It's actually a dream. I love it. No surprise. It's beautiful. Oh, money talks. 
talk. Yes, Bleed. <gasps> and Woo Warrior. Holy <gasps> shit. Wow. Everything we've been talking. She so Everything. she pulled while we were talking just now. And this is what of we course. got off from Angel's wow. deck. Of course, though. Wow. Of course. Oh so my god. When I, I, I yeah, I have when I pulled for myself the other day, I got Womb Warrior. Mm-hmm. So I think that's following me too. Okay, uh, this is you. insane oh, that in the center we get the hat. Sorry, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Um, the conversation that I was referencing, yeah. the roses, the thorns, oh, yeah. and all of the things. Yes. And so, oh, um, Lord, I'm for already me, getting channeling. Okay. Um, I'm getting a really strong message. It, it's showing womb warrior, which is me taking out this IUD mm. bleed so I can get my bleed back. And that is fucking leading to untapping power Fuck and money. Hold <laughs> another one. It says ebb and flow. Why'd you say flow? Ooh, sun and moon, masculine and feminine. Yeah, I wanted to pull something for the receiving to give you something, and then I got the ebb and flow. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, that's my interpretation for me. Uh, is it speaks, no, is that's, it, yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what you have to do. So yeah. I actually designed these. Oh, I wasn't close enough. I designed these intentionally to really encourage a harnessing of instinct, intuition, which I, which I really believe comes from people like Gemini's who are theatrical, improvised, and comedic and quick-witted like Russell Brand in nature, right? Like Colin. Because what they do is they see something, right away they get a download and they speak it. So I wanted to encourage people to know how to let it flow, how to receive that channel and how to speak what it is they're feeling. So I actually left it in a way where I wanted people to interpret it. Mm. Then they get access to a website and on that website, they actually get weekly readings. And so I come on and I just say, hey, this is what's happening. Um, There's also the meanings online, but then they get the meanings in the book. But I explicitly say that my wish for you is not to go and reference things every five seconds, Mm -hmm. but feel them. You know, when I say sent out the first um series i sat in my kitchen and i cast a spell and i brought in all kinds of herbs and all kinds of oils and i rubbed all of the decks i literally excuse me i put crystals in every single thing i put letters in every single one because i wanted people to receive it in a way that was like hey this is an offering at the church of you I want you to get these and open it and fall back in love with yourself. And the only spell I'm going to cast is one that makes you fall in love with you. And I feel like I wanted that depth to them to come out. This right away, I've pulled three cards for our lovely listeners, our mysterious, enigmatic, occult listeners. Mm -hmm. And I pulled money talks from left to right. Money talks. It's a wad of cash. Bleed and womb warrior. And on the left side of me, the left side of the mic, I have ebb and flow, which I'll get to in a second in terms of the receiving hand. So left being the receiving and then right being the giving hand. Mm. I I might have said this, but I'll repeat it again. Money talks. And we are living in a culture that is so entrenched in scarcity mindset. Uh, which I like to call scar city. So we're so entrenched in, we need to be better. We're not enough. We're not good enough. We don't have enough. We're always fighting for the other things. We're like chipmunks, ravenous, just shoving acorns in our cheeks, not giving a shit about anybody else. And that level of kind of competition, if you like, is really derailing us from the collaboration and the level of connectedness that we need. Okay. Money, we have seen for too long as a masculine vehicle. And I believe that there are two things that are going to change the world, and that is social media and money. Mm. And I believe that there are two things that we make you hate. And I'm going to say this. Most of us are avoiding all of the things, especially money, even though financial abuse is the number one fucking form of abuse, Mm. is this. 
we are avoiding the currency of our perpetrators. And in the meanwhile, we've actually become illiterate in the actual economic landscape of real life. Mm. So we are constantly running at a deficit, at a bankruptcy. So we're imprisoned because in the real world, freedom only comes with finances. Mm. And if we're always waiting for somebody to rescue us, to save us, to buy us a house, to make us feel secure, we are removing ourselves from ourselves. We are consistently seeking somebody on the outside to provide for us because we're allergic to money. We think it makes us bad people. We don't want to lose our integrity. But all we're really saying is, I don't want to be like the person who attacked me. I don't want to be like the person who used me, abused me, stole from me, etc. But we're fucking dealing ourselves a shorthand. Money talks. And if you do not rewrite and reframe your relationship with money, you have no voice. Mm. So don't get it twisted. We all have a responsibility as to how we earn money and we spend money. It is, it is the tool that we need. Money will not make you a bad person. It'll just make you more of what you already are. Just like social media. This Sorry. card especially resonates with me because mm. before 10 a.m. today, I made 600 bucks. Oh, oh, uh-huh. oh, 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 uh-huh. oh, yeah. And, and Rachel helped me last night. I, I'm proud of myself that I sent an email to ask for more money. And that started yes. a conversation to I will potentially get more money. Um, and we clarified the deal. But it was so interesting. I'm not blaming this person, but like it was so interesting that I often feel like when people come with job offers Mm -hmm. as a woman, the the price is never mentioned. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or it's automatically assumed you'll go lower. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or you literally discount yourself before you've given them an opportunity to pay top top Mm -hmm. price. And it's it's horrible that I even like felt bad for asking what the money is where it's like, no, this is a job they're asking me to do for them. Mm -hmm. Like, I just I don't know. I'm so curious. I'm so passionate about this. I could talk to you. I I could talk to you about this for literally 14 years. And my actual (laughs) friend who's now met like I'm mentoring her. She's traveling the world with me this year she's a money witch so i think this is very funny and for us every conversation we have in places is yo if you do not focus on the way you earn money and you are just like charging top notch because you are top notch don't think that you can avoid all this personal development people and then charge someone five thousand dollars because like i'm worth it Mm. no 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 i'm talking about money how you spend it and how you earn it as a reflection in the ways you see yourself Mm -hmm. if you start bargaining lowering your prices, um, participating in this bullshit assumption that you're going to charge this right. Every time you do that, it's a financial apology. Mm. And what the fuck are you apologizing for? Existing. Right. (laughs) So often I can't talk to a person about their bleed, right? They're going to be like, oh, that's too much. Mm. But I'll say, okay, talk to me about your relationship with money. (laughs) And right away, Right away, may the sky strike me down. I can tell right away how they feel about themselves. And I can tell you that 98% of women that I've worked with haven't bought themselves new underwear in five years or more. And the ways that we don't spend money on ourselves tells us everything we need to know about how we love ourselves or hate ourselves. Mm -hmm. So this is a really interesting card for me. 
Because you better believe that the way you make money and spend money is the thing that is holding you back from knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. It is the thing that is as the left card being the, the thing that is holding us back. Not so much the past, but what is fucking us up? Our scarcity, which is repulsing abundance. If you are repulsing abundance, there is a force at play, an eating of calories, an eating of energy, right? You don't, you don't believe there's enough. So you're never going to want to know your sisters or connections to other people or help anyone else because you're going to be forever in a place of, why should I help out that person? Nobody helped me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, which I could have chosen that route instead of helping Leah ask for more money, but I'm in a place where I want to see other women get financial mm-hmm. independence. It's like you go it's, and make that money. Uh, a rising yeah. tide lifts all yeah. ships. Mm. And, and <gasps> I open. There's a, enough for me too. 100%. I opened, this is also really, really weird for me. I opened a venue recently. It's going to open soon. I've been building for four months the Billionaire Babes Club. Ooh. And I literally created this to create a feminine driven economy because I believe that it's my duty to make money and circulate it in the hands of good people. And I believe that the cure for all of this is self-love and then people who understand self-ownership and who are self-actualized, good people getting money in the hands of good people. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to change the world. Mm-hmm. And I started this like you know, stash and cheese in the house, wherever I please. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to create a women's driven bank. We're going to have this economy. I have a grant. I do things where people will basically um, put in some cash and it'll stay there. And then when someone needs to leave an abusive partner, when somebody needs to just take their kids and needs to pay for school, we have an actually independent economy there so that we can fund these things. So there's a Phoenix's nest. When women want to grow their businesses, they can just come bring their kids, have them be a part of whatever it is, and they can run their businesses and get help and and understand things we're gonna hide fucking cash under the floors metaphorically you fuckers don't try to break him (laughs) because i really honestly believe that it is my duty to help women rewrite that money story because that besides the abuse has been the biggest detriment in in my bloodline and our money story is holds us back it holds us back so bad and it's in our blood Mm -hmm. which is why i think Mm -hmm. it's interesting that the next thing happens Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so what's holding us back scarcity it's repulsing every ounce of rich that is trying to make its way in Mm. and if we believe we don't have enough we never believe we are enough Mm -hmm. and so the action required here is a clear anchoring into the presence in the very conversation we were just having (laughs) which is three roses (laughs) yep thorns one two three yeah that's what i saw yeah okay (laughs) okay universe we're listening (laughs) with the thorns intact yes right and there's no competition so the roses don't compete they are all beautiful they all bloom they're all held and they're all plucked and taken away in dozens in twos whatever it might be and so what i said at the beginning of this conversation beyond just what we're talking about unity and community is that we have to return to the place where blood is not fetishized in a horror movie or it's not stigmatized in the way we tell you like it's disgusting Mm -hmm. or the way we tell you oh but just wear a tampon and you can get on with your daily life and be extra productive Mm -hmm. there has to be a return to our softness and our savageness and the inwardness that allows us to be a channel to do all the other things so this is a direct invitation to a remember that you are a fucking rose that you are as beautiful as every other rose Mm -hmm. there is no competition between roses they grow together and that is just how it is. Nobody's looking at the other roses like that rose is more skinny than I am. That rose is cooler than I am. No, they're not doing that. Okay. There is something to be said about the divine femininity of the rose. It is symbolic of 
all of the things, not Valentine's, not Hallmark commercials of the divine feminine. It's actually grown with tobacco, believe it or not, as the divine masculine. And mm. that's how they grow better crops is by having the tobacco and the roses. Cool. It's an invitation to be okay that people are going to try and touch you and you should operate that thorn from a place of protection mm -hmm. that you don't need to let people's paws on you their thoughts on you their impositions none of that don't be afraid to use those thorns don't be afraid to draw blood don't be afraid to protect yourself as nature intended don't be afraid to bleed do not be afraid to treasure yourself right a, a rose is so delicate it is so precious it is something that even as society the biggest assholes in society it's the number one flower that if they buy it they take more time putting it in the water there's a reverence there for that flower and for what it represents it's the highest vibrational frequency a flower in the world Ooh. so you can actually build a relationship with rose just rose and use it in every element fire water air earth and use it for six months and you develop a relationship with it i forget what it's called that data or something and it's um sigourney uh from she just she does all kinds of amazing things with wild grace but she was talking about how she used rose for six months straight and it was better than ayahuasca Whoa. And it cracked her open. It cracked her ability to love, receive love, be in love, be in service. And this is something that I'm going to encourage everyone to do mm -hmm. is that start using rose in any form you can. I have some in mm -hmm. my bag right now. It's a radical self-love blend from Earth Blessings. Mm -hmm. And just pump yourself full of the thing that is equal parts macabre than it is magic. Mm -hmm. That is equal parts beautiful as it is bloody. And then I want you to, mm. if you're bleeding today, if you're about to bleed, consider what you can do to embody this. And on Valentine's Day, I got naked and my partner was in front of me and he just witnessed me bleed. Mm. And I just dragged the roses all over my body with some beautiful um, banks who I'm just in love with, who's obviously Gemini and all the things. And I just dragged the blood all over my body and he sat at the end of the bed like this and just watched in total reverence oh my god i want to do this <laughs> i put blood all you would love this. the ceremony's getting next oh level my god. and i have god. just blood all over my body oh on my, my god, face so powerful on my fingers and i would like bring out the blood with my oh. hands and just like smell it and love it and kiss it and it was so erotic and so stunning wow. and specifically with the rose with its thorns intact mm. and allowing him to witness me in the ways that i really felt like could reconfigure how his mother or his father or his friends or his teachers told him to feel about blood mm -hmm. and you know even mm -hmm. when i bleed every month my son comes in the toilet he watches he asks me questions and i says mommy Good. your fafa is bleeding do you need a band-aid and that kind of went on from like whoa cool what <laughs> so that's really important so an invitation to reimagine your relationship with blood as the precursor to what comes mm -hmm. next the future and that is activism and advocacy at the mm. core of your womb mm. reinventing your life reimagining the future in the revolution of your warrior archetype Mm. in this the power that is everything that is dancing like i said before between life and death mm. that is so strong and so powerful it blows my fucking mind i can't believe that this organ is inside of us and does what it does <sighs> yeah i truly the can't womb. believe i cannot believe what yeah. it does and i believe that if i can just show everyone what they're made of they will know what to fight for when the time is right. Mm. And they will know that they have the sentinel and the guard and the army available to them.
right? Everything is available waiting for you on the inside and it's patient and it reminds you what you're capable of and it holds you and it loves you and gives you opportunity. So this is going to be moving towards a future where you're not silenced anymore. This is what I'm seeing. You're embodied. You're knowing yourself. There's an element of fluidity. There's an element of feeling fucking strong and sensual and sexy and on fucking point. Mm. This is like womb shit on fleek because it's like your vibration after you know yourself. Imagine the money that you're fucking throwing out of the window after that because your alignment is out of control. Mm. Your third Mm. eye and your clitoris, your womb and your brain and your heart just pounding together, throbbing with a cloner because they're so excited for you to be alive and then everything you magnetize in that process no inhibitions and no impositions nothing shoved in there no hormones telling you to shut the fuck up no silencing none of it you take it back and i'm very careful about what i'm gonna say here because i understand you know so i get it i understand but what i'm gonna say is that there's two multi-bajillion dollar industries in this world and that is contraception and that is fertility so all of y'all spend all your money for a long time paying for the contraception because it's an act to feminism and independence and you're right but you spend the last half of your life begging and paying and mortgaging your house four times to get your fertility back Mm -hmm. so believe me when i tell you that the revolution will come in the ways that you remodel your relationship with your womb and how you strip the wallpapers off of that cranky old house and just give it new life refurbish it re re reimagine what that relationship looks like love it hold it kiss it thank it and see it as a sentient being who is working with you to push your power forward you know listen to it flow chart pay attention where's the moon how does that act with you do you feel energetic do you not feel energetic my womb is my compass of what's right and what's wrong i operate in sacral authority Mm. i'm a and i'm Mm. like my womb tells me second to second is this right or is this wrong and then what it also does is it tells me in a way that is like um, my coach used to say, is it a hell yes or a hell no? Mm-hmm. Nothing like it's just there's no conversation. Mm-hmm. It's 100 percent. It's my womb. Mm-hmm. My womb tells me, are you horny for that? Do it. <laughs> if you're not horny for it, fucking let it go. Mm-hmm. You holding on to something, bleed it out. Mm-hmm. So this is just a total fucking reinvention mm-hmm. yeah. of the places we source power, use power, share power. And it's also the last thing I'll say is womb warriors, how we cure, heal, remedy the world. Our bleed is the bomb. How we bleed together is the medicine that brings us back together. Mm. So it's so important that if you are feeling like a lonely rose Mm. who's propped up or hung upside down and is going to be dried or pressed in a book or has been fucking plucked to consumption, just like the Venus flytrap, there is a world waiting for you Mm. to bloom in good company. Mm -hmm. But first you have to be willing to bleed in that company. That's all I'm going to say. And the left side is ebb and flow. So you're receiving. How are you going to receive? It's literally what I just said. Paying attention to ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. Where's the moon? Where's the sun? Where are the stars? Where are the planets? You're not crazy. Maybe your fucking Venus is in Pisces and you're having a hard time communicating with your partner during this crazy time. Mm -hmm. My lover is a Venus in Scorpio. It's fantastic. It's fucking wild. It's magical, kinky, wild stuff. But just, you know, you're conscious of those things and then you don't take them personally. It's not about you. So every time you adopt a thought 
that you don't understand, you're taking away from your personal power. You're lowering your vibration. You're believing the stories people are telling mm-hmm. you, which we spend a whole life doing. So if you know where the sun is, where the moon is, start paying attention. When do you have your energy? When do you lose your energy? Do you need to sleep? Fucking do it. Are you about to move into your descent? Don't book a meeting for a million dollar deal the day before you're about to bleed. Fuck the word PMS. This is about your psychicness that needs to be honored mm-hmm. and your beginnings and the beginnings of everyone who's died before us calling your attention for more important work on the inside. Uh, there's so many things you have to just be focused on at all times and I'm not undermining that, but we are all born from the same place. And before we had this fucking sexy little podcast studio and Mike Mike and everything else, we were all moving with the sun and the moon. Yeah, we're the OG growers, nurturers, birthers, rearers. Go back to that place. You'll receive all the information you need to get to where it is you want to be. Mm. That's my reading. <laughs> That's my reading. <laughs> so, yes, so beautiful, so powerful, and so resonates for me. And I yeah. feel like. This IUD just has to go. It well, and for listeners, go. I just want to make sure so no one feels left out. I do plan on keeping my IUD yeah, in. So yes. There's nothing wrong with staying mm. on that. If you um, have something that's working for you, yeah. do the damn thing. But know what's working for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And exactly. so too many people think it is. So just know yourself. Right? Mm-hmm. Get to know your instinct, your intuition. You'll know. If there's a voice itching at you on the inside... You know what you got to do, right? That's just a fact. And a lot of people have to try all the birth controls before they find something that works. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in pathological consumption of parenthood. And I don't believe in irresponsible procreation. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it's choosing lesser of two evils. Just be fucking smart about it. Check your food. Check your water. What are you doing? You know, are you spending enough time outside? Are you somatically moving feelings? There are ways to do this. You're not gloom and doom world right now. Mm -hmm. If you need help or advice, seek your medical practitioner, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but if you need help with your pussy, consult yourself. Yes. yes. Love that. Well, so where can they consult you if they want to like Yeah, where can listeners or... find you? Good question. Okay. The website is um, being remodeled like your vagine is now going to be yes. uh, at angel-phoenix.com. That is P-H-O-N. E-N as in Nancy, I-X. So angel-phoenix.com. Alternatively, I am available on Instagram where you can see me doing all the silly but cool but creepy but mystical things <laughs> at instagram.com forward slash the T-H-E underscore Angela underscore Gallo because apparently you can't change your name when you have a certain amount of followers. Oh. So that just has to stay the way it is. So instagram.com forward slash the underscore Angela underscore Gallo. There'll be additional social links for their there for you to pursue um the only thing i'm gonna say is that my offerings are like will the inside of willy wonka's brain so if you want to work with me if you want me to fuck you up if you want to uh, be i call it my dominatrix coaching my dominatrix pussy portal coaching there are so many offerings but there's also the other side that is going to be just cards and products and love and events so anything you want to do to get close to you know close enough to me to sniff or far enough to be like scared but not shitting your pants scared where you can consume me at a safe distance will be on that website um and then by the time this episode goes live you'll have everything you need there it has been such a pleasure honestly oh we love you thank you 
love you so much. much. <laughs> and let's all say something we're grateful for, our basic blessing for the end of the episode. I'm fucking grateful to be a woman. Mm. And like embracing the magic that comes with it. And just after everything you said, Angel, I'm just like so fucking ready to go. Mm. <laughs> I just got to sit on some faces and bleed on some beautiful mouths. Oh, <laughs> I'm so grateful to have met a listener at the Vortex Mm. event, a listener of Basic Witches named Erin, who shared that she appreciates us being sexually honest and open and vulnerable on the pod. It was very nice for me especially to hear those specific words because I have put it all out there. Mm. I've just put it right on the air. And I come from a religious family and I come from the Midwest and now it is out there. And so to have someone benefit from that it makes it worth it so thank you Aaron for saying that to me yes yes. bring us home (laughs) I am so grateful for the airwaves and the technology that is available for this message to reach your little ears and your big beautiful hearts and your super spongy brains And I'm so, so grateful that I get to be alive in a time where I get to use my voice in a way that my predecessors could not. And I'm so, so grateful that I get to exercise my vocal cords and my boundaries and my desires and my needs, my sexuality and all of the things in between, because everybody who has died in order for me to be able to live those things is laughing and smiling and so fucking stoked behind us right now. And I'm just feeling so, so grateful that I get to be the person to enjoy the fruit of all the discomfort and all of the pain that they had to deal through or deal with rather go through. And so it fucking is. And And so so it is. Witches, this show is made possible by listeners like you who contribute on our Patreon. If you want to join the Basic Witches Coven, become a patron. And as a thank you for your support, we'll give you all kinds of witchy goodness, like card readings and custom art. We'll see you in the coven. Hexo, hexo. Basic Witches.